0: Good morning. Thank you for joining me, Pastor Zach Williams of Flat Creek Baptist Church here in Gainesville, Georgia. Friends, today we return to Acts chapter number 16. We began looking at this yesterday and looking at this uh, this this event that takes place in the life of Paul and Silas and Luke and those who are traveling with Paul. It happens down in Philippi. And yesterday we looked at the incident that happened. Here's a young slave girl and everywhere that Paul and his ministry partners go, she travels behind them and she mocks them. These are servants of the Most High God, she says in a tone of mockery and condemnation. You should listen to them! ha <laughs> They're servants of the Most High God. All along she's doing her fortune telling in the background and there's a demon that is that is leading her. It's rising up in her and she's mocking the very servants of God in the name Name of Jesus that they proclaim. And the Bible says that Paul looked directly at the Spirit and he says, In the name of Jesus Christ, I command you to come out of her. And immediately the demon runs out of her. So we see the incident that takes place. Today I want you to see the indictment. What happens next? Now, if you go back to Mark chapter 5 and you think about the demon-possessed man, remember he had a legion of demons inside of him. There was no chains that could constrain him. He was shrieking and howling all night long, cutting himself with stones and bones. And the Bible says that Jesus cast the legion of demons out of him. And you would think that this entire region that Jesus was in, that their hearts would be set ablaze and they would be set on fire and they would say, man, this is an amazing thing. Look at what God has done. Look at what Jesus has done. Let's rejoice. Let's believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's give him our heart. Let's give him our all. Let's follow him. That's not what happens. The Bible says in Mark 5, when Jesus cast that legion of demons out of that man, that those who were in the vicinity, they ran and got the people from the town, and when they came back and saw the man dressed and in his right mind, they begged Jesus to leave their region. They said, Jesus, we don't want you here. You need to leave. Now, isn't that backwards? I mean, here it is. that This this man is healed. He's sitting before them, and they tell Jesus to leave. Oh, friends, sometimes I believe... That when we are in the church house, we see God beginning to do some great and mighty things. And it's unlike anything we've ever seen before in our midst. And instead of embracing it and saying, this is good and this is a work of God and this is Jesus. Instead, we say, you know what, we don't want any of this here. We, 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 we would rather Jesus leave than go through the change. We would rather Jesus leave than, than for us to lose power. We would rather Jesus leave than for us to have to go through any of these things. And oftentimes I believe in the church we actually drive Jesus away instead of drawing him near. Now what we're going to see in the text today is a similar thing takes place in Acts 16. What do you think the response would be? Well, for me, I think the response would be that this young girl, she's been healed of a demon. And because she's been healed of a demon, you would think that those in the city would rejoice. I mean, wow. You know, here's a girl. She's been set free. She's no longer enslaved spiritually. But that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says when her owners saw that their hope of profit was gone. Isn't that that a, a tragedy? When they saw that their hope of profit was gone, they desired money more than they rejoiced over the salvation of her soul. Think about how wicked these individuals were, that this girl has been set free from demonic possession and the owners get upset because they can't make money off of her anymore. And the Bible says when they see that the prophet, the hope of prophet was gone, they actually seized Paul and Silas. And they dragged them into the marketplace. And they bring them before the authorities. They bring them before the chief magistrates. And here's the indictment. These men are seriously disturbing our city. They are Jews and they are promoting customs that are not legal for us as Romans to adopt or practice. That's the indictment they bring against them. They're so enraged and they're so jealous over what Paul and Silas and and this ministry team has done that they bring them in and they have them stand before the magistrates and they say these guys are promoting customs that are not legal for us as Romans to adopt or to practice. Inside of the empire of Rome, okay, there was what is known as Caesar worship. Inside the empire of Rome, Caesar was considered to be God. And so, you were forced to bow down to Caesar. He was your God and that was just how it was. But this this little sect of Jewish men and now this little sect of even Gentile men and women have concluded in their heart that Caesar is not God. He's a mere man. And they've concluded in their heart that Jesus Christ, the Nazarene, is the Son of God who came down from heaven and suffered and died for our sins and resurrected from the grave. And this little sect of Jewish men and women and Gentile men and women who were who known as the church, they were causing a disturbance. And in essence, they really were not a physical disturbance, as in they were causing a riot or a mob or creating a war or an insurrection or a revolution. But they were causing a disturbance. When, when they came to town, Spirits went on the wrong. Power brokers became enraged. People who were destitute and sick and helpless and without hope in this world suddenly had a joy in their heart because they had come in contact with the risen and living Lord. And things were shifting culturally. And it was beginning to upset those who were in these cities because every time these men came to town, something began to stir. Something began to change. There was a spiritual awakening taking place. And it was threatening the very culture and customs of the empire. Because this little cohort, they didn't put their faith In the government, and they didn't put their faith in a political party, and they didn't put their faith in an establishment, and they didn't put their faith in an emperor. Instead, they put their faith in King Jesus. And so, what happens many times as we journey through the Gospels is they are threatened with their lives. Well, you stop speaking, you stop teaching, you stop telling about this man named Jesus or this is what's going to happen to you. Or, Or you worship Caesar and Christ. But as for this band of individuals known as the church, they would have none of it. It was Jesus plus nothing. And they weren't going to shut up. They weren't going to back down. They weren't going to let up. They were going to preach and teach the gospel of Jesus Christ despite the consequences. All how we need in our day and time. The church to have the same mindset. That you know what? We're different than everybody else. We have sworn allegiance to King Jesus. And our heart and our allegiance is not to government, political party, an emperor, a president, or anybody else. Our allegiance is to King Jesus. And so we will willingly lay down our lives for him. It's not Jesus plus something. It's Jesus plus nothing. We are going to give our all for Christ Jesus. Jesus and I promise you if the church begins to live separated in this day and age they'll take notice they'll see us they won't like us very much but once again the culture will begin to shift lives will begin to change spirits will go on the run because the church is actually being the church So friends, today may this be a great encouragement to you in your walk with Christ. Stand firm for the Lord Jesus Christ.